You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hey everybody, what's up? Meridon here with episode 62 of the Overnerds podcast. Thank you for tuning in. With me, of course, I have the great Brock. What's up, Brock? Hello. Not much, just enjoying being home all the time with my dog. Uh, except for the fact that when I go outside, I have to wear a mask, so that's not great. Nah. But hey, it is what it is, and we're trying to flatten the curve, if you will. Oh, but yeah. Overwatch is here, so... We got some time. We got some things to kill our time with. Yeah, Overwatch is here to save the day. Um, we have a little bit on our uh, on our docket today. Uh, we're gonna just touch very briefly on uh, Boston uh, officially dropping uh, Mufin from the roster. Um, we're gonna go into last week's games, this week's games. Um, we're gonna wait and do power rankings next week, and we don't have any overthoughts, so I still don't know if it's gonna be a short podcast or not because there's a lot of games. That <laughs> we're playing in a lot of games coming up. Should we do? Yep. But we are cutting some pieces out, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but let's just jump right into it. Um, Brock, the Boston Uprising dropped um, dropped Mufin this week officially. Yes. So after internal investigation from the team, they decided it was best to part ways with their starting off tank Mufin, and there isn't really much to say about it it was kind of a not good situation for him to start uh looks pretty bleak for him staying on the team and it sounded like the accusations that happened at the time about three weeks ago at this point now uh was completely new to the team so it's understandable that they had to take some time and look into it themselves yeah and then with their their findings they decided yep we agree. We we don't think you're a fit for the Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he had come out with a twit longer of his own. And if you took the hour and a half it took to read the whole thing, you were left saying, I don't know what this means. Yeah. It was a kind of a rambling piece of, I don't want to say nonsense because that's almost like um, mean, but it, it didn't show anything of substance from his side. Yeah. So... We uh, we aren't too disappointed about him leaving the team. In fact, it was probably the right thing to do for the Boston Uprising. Yeah. Yeah. Something with the Boston Uprising. Yeah, Dream Casper. You're one with similar accusations. It's horrible to hear that this stuff goes on in the league. Bad people exist everywhere, so... But not they a great get look. signed by Boston, so let's go. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a good move um, to, to, to cut something out like that, and hopefully Karma will bite him in his rear end. Or he just fades into obscurity. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how this usually goes. It's the, the best thing for it to happen. Mm-hmm. So it'd it be like that sometimes, as like I say that. in the business. Yeah. 
So that is settled. Yeah. Rustin will be taking the brunt of the off-tank duties now. Mm-hmm. And in a more positive spin, he did look good, Rustin, in his opener. Uh, it took him a couple of maps to actually look like a competitive Overwatch player, but mm-hmm. once he kind of got into his groove, he looked fine. Uh, and then, obviously, Boston did not perform well on that Hanamura map. But that's okay, because this is a new week with uh, with new challenges. Yeah, they have a winnable game coming up this week. They're always winnable, aren't they? Uh, right until the game starts. <laughs> right until they, yeah, right until they uh, sit down at their computers. <laughs> but we're jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's rewind. Let's, let's rewind. go. Let's go back to this weekend's games because there were a couple really good ones and a lot of ones we kind of expected. So, mm-hmm. starting off the list, it was the Defer- Toronto Defiant versus the Washington Justice, and this opened up to be a kind of a close one. Mm-hmm. And then didn't really end that way. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually expecting the Washington Justice to put up a little bit more of a fight against the Toronto Defiant. I feel like the Washington Justice are kind of... have been performing better than the Defiant have. Um, and uh, the Defiant just gave me the finger, and they're like, nope, we're better. <laughs> it, it, might, it might have been a compositional decision. Uh, mm-hmm. If you didn't watch... The Justice had decided to play Torbjorn on every map. On everything. At, at yeah. every moment, they decided to play Torbjorn. And including a swap from Stratus playing Torbjorn with Cory on the Reaper. They then swapped over to Cory on the Torbjorn and then Tuba on the Doomfist slash Reaper. What a just nutty weekend comp was. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Justice really had it nailed down. Nah. But then later, as we'll talk throughout the like the week, there's a clear divide on what people think is the best meta yeah. uh, d- d- between the two regions. And it's, that itself is such a, a pleasure and a treat for us, the fans, to watch. Yeah, it definitely is. It keeps, it keeps things... Uh... It keeps it keeps things refreshing. This weekend was really refreshing in NA Overwatch, just for the fact that Tobiorn was thrown in the mix, and you had teams playing Tobiorn. Like, who the hell would have came into this week and said, "You know what, Tobiorn's going to be played in almost every game this week"? Would have thought you were on drugs. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, more about this game. The I believe it went uh, Defiant one uh, control. Then the Justice won the following map. And then Justice looked to be winning uh, Route 66, mm-hmm. uh, then found a way to lose, which was actually pretty disappointing. And then Toronto Defiant cleaned it up on the last map. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I, I feel like I like so far this season, I am taking the viewpoint of like where I saw the Paris Eternal last year. Like the meme with like the little guy like poking something with a stick and says, do something. Like, I feel like it's one of those teams that just has a lot of talent that just hasn't really flourished yet. Maybe, maybe this is the start. Because last year, all year with the Paris Eternal, I'm like, you know what? The Paris Eternal going to wake up. They got this full roster of all this skill, and they didn't do squat with it last year. I feel like that's kind of that's the feeling I'm getting with the Toronto Defiance so far this season. I'm just kind of waiting for their epiphany to happen and them to wake up with their crazy strong DPS core that they have. Well, they didn't maybe didn't need to wake up this time. Yeah, since no. They're able to I'm roll to over that. a weaker team, but mm-hmm. and also it's against the Justice, who are in the same division as the Fusion. So it's always, always count. Always good. <laughs> uh, 
so that one was followed up by uh, kind of a, a stomp here. It was the Gladiators taking on the fuel. Uh, the purple team wins 3 nothing. Yeah. And the Glads were kind of popping with that Torbjorn. Yeah, yeah, the Gladiators look really good this season um, so far. Um, I know they dropped a game last week, but um, they're look they're looking pretty strong and uh, kind of showed that you know they can get any of the teams near the bottom and just kind of play with them like they're it's their food. <laughs> this team is good, honestly, yeah. and I think uh, I feel a little vindicated now. Because at the beginning of the season, I had them pretty highly ranked. Mm-hmm. I believed a lot in Bird Ring and the new revamped tank line. And the more I talked to people about it, the more I was thinking, ah, maybe they're not that good. Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe, eh, I don't know. Ah, Mira, we never really see Mira play. Eh, Jaru was good on Envy. Not really sure they're going to translate to Owl. And that just hasn't been an issue because mostly Bird Ring has taken care of the rest of the team. He has just absolutely put them on his back. Yeah. Yeah, Bird Ring has looked uh, like season one Bird Ring. I know he's been kind of inconsistent in his career, but he uh, he's looking pretty sharp right now. And I'll tell you what, that's worrying for the rest of the league. Yeah, definitely. Finishing off that Saturday matchup, or Saturday lineup, was the Valiant versus San Francisco Shock, the rematch already. And the Valiant stumbled. They lost 3-1 three, to the Shock. Yeah, still no gig. Uh, Gig's still kind of bench warming right now. Um, um, I actually had the Valiant winning this one because I felt like the Shock haven't looked great, but they played a little bit more of a consistent roster this time instead of the little merry-go-round they had uh, uh, last weekend. Um, And they looked pretty dominant against the Valiant. Yeah, amazing what wonders can happen when you play the same six guys throughout a series, you know? (laughs) Yep. Someone should teach that to Boston once in a while. <laughs> uh, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. That's more of Houston's problem this week. Yeah. Uh, this year, rather. Yeah, they definitely have that problem. Yeah, not much to say about this one. Shock just looked good again. Mm-hmm. Uh, KSP is still very good whenever he plays. Yep. Uh, Lastro and Rascal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some fines because they had some funny words uh, in the all chat. <laughs> So, yeah. hey, it's always exciting in the League of Legends. Uh, oh, my God, League of Legends. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. Sorry. <laughs> we're right before this little little behind-the-scenes action here. We're, we're talking about Valorant and League of Legends a lot uh, because Maradon somehow got his account suspended in League. Yeah. <laughs> you absolute bot. <laughs> so, apparently. Apparently it's still on my mind. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, the shock looked good again. Uh, Lastro and Rascal got fined by the league uh, for saying inappropriate stuff in all chat because Overwatch is now displaying that, and they need to keep displaying it because it's hysterical, and it's yeah. so good, and it's so funny. And I say that with not a hint of sarcasm. Like, it is pure entertainment, and kind of like Nori last week or two weeks ago, right? Like, it seems scuffed, but it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely weird to see it there, and I know that there's definitely some mixed opinions on it, but, I mean, when we get into the fusion game, I was so happy that that chat was there because an epic epic gamer moment was created. <laughs> it was truly... It, it, wasn't, it wasn't really uh, uh, as bad as the other one, but yeah. it, was, it was perfect. Yeah, it was. 
So with the Chinese Day of Remembrance, I believe I got that. I correct. think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, the China, the Chinese teams played uh, on Sunday morning, not Saturday morning. So they played very early on Sunday, and it was they started off with Shanghai versus Hangzhou. The Dragons take that one three zip. Yeah, Dragons are uh, are kind of uh, in in their little groove now. I think. They started off a little slow, um, but took it to a pretty pretty talented Spark team. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, it's very surprising that Shanghai even lost to Shengdu last week. Yeah. Considering yeah. how dominant they looked between this game and the next game that we'll talk about, mm-hmm. they are essentially the the you know obviously we knew the DPS were to be super strong mm-hmm. and we knew the support line was pretty solid and with Lei Jie Gong we knew he was going to be pretty hyped up coming into the league mm-hmm. but it's been kind of the tank line that has been a the biggest question mark and b kind of the biggest surprise uh, considering it's been stand one and void for the majority of the time yeah uh, fearless who people thought was going to uh, almost usurp that starting position when he got called up from Team CC. Um, they thought, oh, he's back to his starting role, right? Because he was on Shanghai season one. Mm-hmm. They went 0-42. He gets, <laughs> you know, cut, relegated, what have you. Then he's back, and they're like, uh-oh, here he comes. He's going to win one. And uh, the games he did play so far, he has lost those maps. Yeah. So uh, stand one stands in, and he provides the W so far. Yeah. you got to play the uh, person performing better. Maybe Fearless just isn't having that right now. Maybe soon enough we'll see the maybe a meta shift would be helpful for Shanghai's tank line mm-hmm. just so fearless can play. But otherwise, don't change a thing. Yeah. This team's good. I want to see them play Giggory, but yeah, don't change anything. <laughs> I want them to keep doing good. I do like the Shanghai Dragons. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Sassin <laughs> played this game as well instead of Rhea. Yeah. And that's still kind of a uh, a little bit of a question mark from the Hongs outside, mostly because I don't think Assassin's that great, but mm-hmm. Rhea must be performing that poorly, mm-hmm. or maybe there's something else that we're missing behind the scenes here. But until then, Hangzhou really needs, uh, they need something a little bit more impactful from people not named Godsby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Godsby. They agreed there. Uh, finishing off our first half of games is the Shenzhen Hunters versus the Guangzhou Charge. Yeah. And what's a little Chinese Overwatch without going to map five, right? <laughs> yep. Except, uh, sorry sorry for your boys, the I, Hunters. I feel fall. like the Chengdu Hunters are fusion light. Um, it's just the fusion fans are so used to the heart attack feeling because they like to play with us. Um, and, and do stupid stuff like force map fives and winnable games, like when they played the Defiant earlier this season, and pretty much like all of last season, the fusion was a heart attack. Well, here's the Chengdu Hunters doing the same freaking thing, except for they kind of do it in style with the the nutty, stupid comps that are completely off the wall and ridiculous. Exactly. They keep it fresh. They keep the heart attack entertaining, where like the Philly one is just kind of rage inducing and anxiety ridden. <laughs> Interesting, interesting metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I love it so much because it's so true. It is absolutely true because you get to see Jinmu and uh, Leave kind of pop and doing weird dive stuff, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait, please, I we want to win this game. We can do this, right? But 
then a fair mercy comes out of the woodwork then bacon jack comes in with a widow maker and you're like what the hell's going on (laughs) so i actually didn't see this game um i can only imagine nero and krong did very well uh i think those are pretty much the biggest two highlights on this team right now they did they did i watched a little bit of the vod um i had it on my uh one screen um while i was doing something else so i was kind of like 50 percent paying attention uh krong and narrow looked really really good this week um they are definitely one of the driving forces behind them winning um, yeah and, and neptuno was still in neptuno was still in yep uh chengdu like there was both like there was some sloppy play on both sides like these teams actually aren't looking like too great As per usual yeah it, it was kind of sloppy i remember there was a there was a part on hanamura where krong i think the i think uh uh uh, Brent and Sideshow were just like, Krong took the scenic route, and he, like, was just, like, in Narnia for some reason, like, during a team fight. It was, like, really weird. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember that occurring. At, like, I don't remember why he kind of changed his position, but, like, his him and his team were, like, so separated in, like, this, like, pre-team fight or, like, during a team fight. And, like, they, they were like, yeah, he took the scenic route. Scenic route. I'm like, where the hell is he going? Like, there was weird stuff like that happening, and it was just like, okay. And, like, if these teams play anybody with some, like, like, if they play, like, any of, like, the top five teams, they're probably going to get stomped. But it's not an issue for them now, because no. they're coming. Yeah. Well, like I guess they do have to play a top five team almost every week against Shanghai. Yeah, and then they have uh, some of the other teams relocated, or at least the, uh, the Vancouver Titans did, oh, so they're getting thrown into the mix, and... The Titans are uh, looking, uh, well, what, the the game? We, we only saw two games, right? Or did they play one? Uh, they played two. They, they played, two. Uh, I believe, against Dallas? Dallas and, and Valiant? Yeah, they played against Dallas and the Valiant, okay. I believe. And they looked really good, but, I mean, there's, I don't know. Valiant, Valiant's decent. Houston, or uh, Dallas is really good. So yeah, oh, they're gonna have a they're gonna have an uphill battle that. with that because I feel like the Titans oh, are yeah, pretty good. Sure. Yeah, the Titans are uh, very good. Yeah, and it'll be <laughs> nice to see them back. We'll get into that a little bit later. It'll be nice to see them get back in the swing of things. But yeah, they're gonna have uh, they're not gonna be able to rely on these game fives anymore between each other. <laughs> Starting off Sunday, yeah. we got Houston versus Paris. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think this is a, the, a relatively quick rematch between the two. Um, but, uh, that was actually many weeks ago, right before, you know, mm-hmm. everything kind of yeah, crap at the fan <laughs> went down. Uh, Houston falls one to three, three, yeah. one to Paris. Houston took the first map, which was really surprised. They did. Um, they could not hold on to it though. This is why I kind of like, I don't know what to think about this Paris team. They're so weird. They're like, I would expect the way if they go and they beat the fusion, like I would expect them to go out against a team like Houston outlaws and just. 3L them, you know, wash their hands and move on. But they dropped that first map, and I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> they looked pretty good after they dropped that first map. That, that The next three games that they won were pretty, pretty good. But, I don't know, I was kind of surprised by that map one drop. Definitely, because this team has shown to be kind of a slow start. Mm-hmm. They did it, you know, early in the season where they lost to Toronto. Then they, you know, they go to Map 5 against Philly, which really should have been 
I guess, because Philly came back from that one, right? Philly went Yeah, they were down, down 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, so Perry should have won that one. So it's not really a slow start, but a slow win. Like, couldn't finish it off till the very end. Yeah. And then we see him again now, you know, losing the first map. Uh, this team is, is, is a little a little inconsistent, but it's so incredibly strong that it doesn't matter. And even scarier is that Eggsy didn't even play this game. Yeah, yeah. It was Soon and Nico, Soon and, and Nico was on the Doomfist. Mm-hmm. You soon and Nico together have been looking pretty pretty damn good too. And they look comfortable together too, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the biggest boons for this team. Mm-hmm. Nico being able to play literally any flex DPS right now mm-hmm. is is by far one of the strongest things Paris has going for them. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Sparkle probably helping him learn Doomfist while Sparkle is still seventeen. Mm-hmm. So this team. It's it's really, it's really promising for this Paris team, and it's it's shocking to me that you're not saying these guys got it again. This isn't your team anymore. It's more of now Shengdu. Yeah. Is, is it because Cruz isn't playing? Is that why you're sad? Oh no, I didn't. I mean, the Paris Paris Eternal were never like my one of my teams. The thing is, is like I was I was kind of high on them with the with the skill they had on paper last year, coming into the league with like with with Soon with Nico with Shadowburn, um, w- with the crew that they had. I was just like, all right, these guys are going to do pretty good this year, and then they didn't. And the entire year, I'm like, just wait, just wait, Paris Eternal, they're going to wake up. They're gonna wake up and they're gonna they're gonna kick some ass, and they never did last year. So um, they're looking way better than they did last year. Um, they're still kind of weird in this weird limbo area where it's just like yeah, like dropping um like the first map to Houston. Like, I know you can't be like too much of a stickler on dropping a map, but like against a team like the Outlaws with the way that Paris has been performing, it doesn't really make too too much sense. It's definitely weird. that team's weird no it is weird <laughs> it, it is like it's very weird yeah. and that's kind of why i always think games are winnable until they're not yeah you know yeah but finally we get to talk about your boys your yeah. true boys the philly guys and how they stomped the justice 3-0 mm-hmm. the first the first map was actually kind of close on oasis uh justice took the first map um and then um philly took the next two to take oasis and then after that map, uh, the floodgates opened. Um, freaking, uh, we got to see um, uh, Hisu for the first time, uh, which was really, really fun. He played on Reaper for most of it. He actually almost got one of those flooded deadlifts in one of the uh, one of the matches. Um, and complimented Carpe's ridiculous Tobiorn play really, really, really well. Um, super That's exciting weekend. Which, what's that? A, so that's a pretty weird sentence complimenting Carpe's Torbjorn yeah. play. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Who? <laughs> what? What the? Um, for some reason, when I think of Washington Justice, I always become a little afraid just because of their, their uh, because of Corey and Stratus. Um, they didn't even play Stratus at all. They just played Tuba this week. Um, and there was a moment on Volskaya where it was Corey on Tobjorn and Carpe on Tobjorn. And Carpe pulled out his hammer, killed Corey with the hammer, and then in the all chat just says, sit. 
It was like, it was an epic gamer moment. <laughs> truly, truly an epic gamer moment uh, from an epic gamer himself. Yeah, Mister Carpe. Yeah. Overall, yeah, good game of, from the from the fusion. Def. Yeah, like that's kind of the really main takeaway from this game it was just Carpe telling Corey to sit, mm-hmm. and Philly just absolutely running over the Washington Justice. Mm-hmm. It was also really nice to see Hisu. Hisu actually just turned 18 the end of March. That was like March 25th. So that's the reason we haven't seen Hisu yet. We've seen Ivy in that spot. We've seen EQO um, in that spot. Um, now we got to see Hisu. So, And I'm very happy about that because he looked pretty damn good. Yeah, we, we just may never see EQO again, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, unless it's truly a Hanzo meta. I think that's kind of the only hero he has over the other two. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't think... I, I don't think they would really sub out Ivy or Hisu for a uh, Hanzo, like, game. Or Hanzo map. Because I'm sure they can just play Hanzo just as well as EQO. Mm-hmm. So. EQO was one of those guys that got the job over Shadowburn because EQO had a a deep hero pool, which he still does. But like the players that are currently like the depth that the fusion have right now, the players that are above him are just are just they just perform better than he does. He's still and he's he, still really yeah. good, but like compared to compared to the way that Hisu played and um I I would honestly take Ivy over EQO. Um I think I think it's a good call. Chipso, I'm not really sure. <laughs> oh, come on. The fusion were just like get ready for something new or I think Chipso said somebody said that and everyone was just like, "Yeah, they're finally going to play Chipso and it was Hisu." Yeah. <laughs> was like a, I mean, there's... everyone knew it was Hisu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everyone really wanted it to be Chipso, Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe next maybe next time maybe next right time. uh the two games they have coming up this week i doubt they'll put chips in yeah they actually play real teams this yeah week, they so. have some they have some some stiff competition this week but no worries we'll talk about them in a little bit yeah we'll, we'll have, now is truly the match of the weekend yeah and i'm gonna dub this because it was an insane battle between the dallas fuel and the los angeles valiant how did the Fuel win this? I don't, I don't know. The Fuel won 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three to two, pull the win out of their rear. Well, I guess I'll, I'll tell you how they won. Yes. They they uh, they had this man named Decay, and yes. he was like, hey, guys, I have this backpack that I'm able to fit four other, five other friends here. Would you guys <laughs> like to hop in? Yeah. And they're like, we oblige. He's like, I've been getting swole, so hop on my back, and I got this. And he... If it, in case you didn't, in case you missed it, he played Tracer into the Torb Reaper combination, yeah, which was supposedly, you know, the counter to Tracer. That's why so many teams were playing it, mm-hmm. and that you know Torb kind of brings this brawly kind of presence because he's you know he's really tanky at points when he uses his E, his Overload, mm-hmm. and then he's got you know his shotgun and then his Torbjorn turret hangs out in the back and takes care of any flankers. Sounds good. Dallas said, forget that. That Torbjorn turret is stupid, and we're going to kill it every every moment we can. <laughs> and they did. They did, yeah. And, yeah, and Carpe had some pretty insane bombs, too. So he was absolutely the star of the show. Yeah, yeah. I like Decay. Um, it, it was a good pickup 
from the Dallas Duel to 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 grab him. Um, it's also really nice to see the Dallas Duel win their first game. Um, I was actually kind of surprised it came against the Valiant because the Valiant Valiant are now turning into Paris Eternal, where it's just like, all right, well, kind of unknown in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I know Paris wasn't in the beginning, but Valiant were unknown in the beginning. Came out, you know, guns blazing. They looked really good, and now they're a little on the inconsistent side. They beat San Francisco last week, and now they lost to San Francisco, which is okay because San Francisco is just a better team on paper. Um, and then the Dallas Fuel, who most people on their power rankings had them. I know I had them 19th. <laughs> it's nice to yeah. see them. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think this Valiant team is oddly inconsistent, yeah. but they're really good when they're really good. Yeah. And that's and and that makes it even more baffling yeah. as, you know, people who watch and try to analyze these games and try to break down, you know, the, the highs and lows of each team. KSP is obviously the highest high on the team. Lastro is incredibly good. Mm-hmm. McGravy has shown in, incredible moments of Diva play. Mm-hmm. And then it's not like KSF's bad. He was doing very well. It's not like Rain has underperformed. It, it, like Maybe it's the main tank thing between Dreamer and Gig. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they've won with Dreamer a couple times now. Yeah, and Dreamer doesn't look Gig. bad either. Dreamer, looks, Dreamer has his moments where he looks really good. Yeah, so I think right now it's more of just getting it, getting the shakes out. Yeah, getting you know? Just like kind of like, oh, we got to get used to playing online and be ready and this that and the other thing mm-hmm. I, I so it might be a meta thing as well it could be it certainly could be a, a hero pool situation hurting the valiant because you know ksp didn't get to play mccree mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah yeah i'm excited to uh to uh see how the field do this weekend nice same and try to get in the wing column again definitely and and for those f- one or two fantasy players still playing uh, we should be able to know more about the KSP and Crimzo because we hadn't really seen them play since week one, mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't get our stats last week as well. So we'll see if they remain the top two scorers in their respective uh, positions after this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we're not quite done yet. We have two more games with four more crazy teams, yeah. starting off with them Hunters versus the Dragons. Yeah. I didn't actually catch this one, but the dragons I, got their sweet revenge. I also missed this one, so there's not a lot to discuss, sadly. Yeah, because it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard when you're quarantined all day, stuck at your computer to to really watch a video for two hours. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I unfortunately didn't catch either of these games. Um, I I understand why they were rescheduled, but it kind of sucked for the NA viewing experience. <laughs> They kind of suck to begin with, but usually, like, on the weekend, you're not doing too much, so you can just kind of, like, pop one open, like I was doing, and have one playing on the other screen, but when you're doing stuff on work days, it's kind of like, I don't have time to watch this. (laughs) I agree, unfortunately. So, sorry, listeners, we we let you down on this one. We will tell you the scores, though. Shanghai wins 3-1 over the Hunters. The Spark, obviously, go to Game 5. But they win this time around 3-2. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a, a pretty consistent theme, I think, with these Chinese teams. There's going to be a lot They're, of game fives, as long as the Shanghai Dragons aren't in the mix. It's, any- it's going to be so good for viewing, mm-hmm. but just so rough for the map differentials and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Like these teams are gonna be scrapping it out for like positions like ten through thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy. All right. So we have some games that is not uh there is no Chinese holiday this weekend, so we do get the Chinese games starting uh bright and early, four AM on Saturday, April eleventh. Starts off with the Hangzhou Spark versus the Chengdu Hunters. And for this one, I'm going against the Hunters because I've been putting way too much faith in them. I actually picked the Spark to win this, but I definitely have a feeling it's going to be a Game 5. <laughs> it will no doubt be a Game 5 yeah. in, in the heart of hearts. I do not think the Chengdu can pull the reverse sweep this time, or rather... Uh, I take it back. No, no, they actually lost. Shane Du lost a spark last time. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the spark I, river swept them. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Yep. I also believe the spark will take this one. I'm gonna say the spark will win this one. Mm-hmm. Probably three one. Three one. Okay. Uh, or maybe maybe we'll throw a tie in there. That'd be kind of that spice things up, right? <laughs> but hey, who knows? I I do think the spark have the edge in talent. But the off-tank position, who knows? Who knows what the Spark are going to do? Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that they're going to keep Sassin in and just keep rolling, you know? Just keep trying to go with it and see if it brings enough success to define one of the two players as the starter. Mm-hmm. And it's still early enough in the season where if they experiment, it's not going to hurt them that bad. Yep. Uh, the next game, we just get to see the Vancouver Titans. Um, so they um, uh, got their players back over to, um, I believe they're in South Korea now, um, and uh, because of the COVID situation. So they're finally going to get some playtime. Uh, they're up against, uh, they played twice this weekend. They're up against the Charge. Um, I have Vancouver here. I, I can't see Vancouver losing to the Charge. I feel like um, the charge will put up a fight, especially with um, with narrow. Um, but um, can't see the Titans dropping this. No, I agree. I think the Titans are just too strong for a lot of teams right now, mm-hmm. um, until proven otherwise. And, and that's something that uh, I typically wouldn't really add as a caveat. But since we haven't seen them play since week one, yeah, they're. I don't think they'll be rusty because they are the Vancouver Titans and they're very good. Mm-hmm. I do worry that uh, you know game speed is a thing that happens, and while we're not on uh, on stage anymore, we're more online, and so you don't really get to kind of get that same jitters or nerves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Game time does still affect you because you know this one counts. So when it when it comes over at whatever o'clock in the morning. Like, you still feel a little bit of that nerves, but I, I highly doubt the Titans uh, get upset by the Charger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only way I, I could see the Titans losing to the Charge is if they just come in rusty. Um, but the skill level on that team, I feel like that's probably not going to happen. Uh, to start off Saturday, it's the Fusion going up against the Paris Eternal. It's a rematch. Fusion are out for blood here because they dropped their very first and only loss to uh, the Paris Eternal. Um, I have the Fusion getting their revenge, uh, winning three to one here. You know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a jerk, a thorn in your side. I'm gonna go with Paris <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. 
mostly because I think Paris can contend with Philly, and we've seen that already. Yeah. I do believe that this team can can ball, and now Exy is back because uh, we get to see more hit scans this time around. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that it will be a McCree duel once more between Carpe and Exy, and uh, for the most part, I like... I like if they got over funny Astro, as weird as it sounds, mm-hmm. and it's odd to pick a main support kind of difference, but the last time I saw these two players play, it, it really came down to which Lucio kind of made more plays, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see if that continues tonight, and I think Paris actually uh, bring this take this one 3-2. It should be, uh, it should be a, a, pretty, a pretty good match, um, assuming Paris continues and, and isn't inconsistent. Um, the next game is uh, you, your boys uh, up against the are. Houston Outlaws. Uh, Boston Uprising versus, versus the Houston Outlaws. Who do you have here? This is definitely winnable. Uh, winnable is the most yeah. dangerous word in Overwatch. Winnable for no. both teams. <laughs> it is. So, on one hand, I think Boston can succeed. I think they have... Uh, a little bit more. They have a week under their belt of scrims with Brisson. Uh They've been able to, you know, re, uh, kind of recalibrate, refocus, kind of, you know, get back onto the horse. But I think even with Somer banned, I think Houston is probably going to take this one, and that hurts me because obviously I want Boston to win. I'm a I'm a Boston fan, but. More importantly, I'm trying to be an Overwatch analyst. So, yeah. uh, when you look at these two teams, Boston it just doesn't look good, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And just as a whole, they're timid, they're scared, they don't want to go in. And if you uh, follow the Boston Twitter at all, they they do once in a while like a kind of a uh, a closer look at the coaches during the games, mm-hmm. and you can see Mineral just like f- just not like screaming, but you know, putting all his passion to just telling the Boston guys. Guys, just alt, please. Yeah. Just Press alt. Press Q, forehead. Press Q. <laughs> go in. Do something. Make a play. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, like we can't be so timid and passive and like reluctant to play the game because we're worried about getting picked and dying and losing the fight. Yeah. Because when we do that, we're giving them extra time to do something and you know beat us and turn the fight around. Yeah. And you've seen it a couple times already between facing Toronto and Atlanta, Boston kind of sits around and does nothing and dies. Yeah, yeah. That's been one of their biggest... Uh, I mean, both of these teams, actually, the Houston Outlaws have been very um, guilty of that, too, where they have this fight that is, you know, in their favor, and then they just kind of let off the gas. And the opponent comes back and is able to contest and kick them off. It's like, so what happened, guys? Like, why did you stop? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I have I have the Houston Outlaws here um, for the fact that they have shown some sparks in the pan, but like (laughs) Boston really hasn't for me. (laughs) Sounding sparks in the pan is quite the phrase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I honestly could see this going three two. Um, I I I think this is going to be a close game, but. I have the Houston Outlaws one in this one. Give me seven again. I know they fixed it, so it's no longer can go to seven maps. Yeah. You know what I meant to say? Flash in the pan, but spark in the pan also works. So we're just going to stick with it and pretend like I'm not a ding dong. (laughs) Count it. Yeah. Yeah. Houston, I think, takes this one. I think Blase on Doomfist is going to be a a big 
a, a big uh, issue for Boston, obviously. Yeah. Uh, if Houston decides to play Doomfist, mm-hmm. feel I feel like Blase uh, Doomfist is like Blase is bread and butter, so it's like. If Blase is in, throw him on Doomfist. If they counter Doomfist, throw him on Doomfist. Exactly. If they ban Doomfist, put him on the bench. <laughs> it's like the Decay thing. They're like, we're just going to play Tracer anyway. What's the worst that can happen? We lose? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Dallas Fuel are looking to get uh, continue their winning ways uh, up against a Washington Justice team that's a little uh, struggling a little bit. And... Um, I can definitely see Washington Washington winning this, but I went with my gut and I'm picking the Dallas Fuel. I love that so much. I'm going with the momentum. I'm thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say Dallas too because I'm kind of thinking of like the head to head. I like the K right now over the Corey. I like Doha over either Stratus or Tuba. Mm-hmm. I like the tank line better. I think Gamsu is just playing better than Roar right now. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not like right now, but he, he's kind of kind of stepping into more of a uh, a playmaking role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the only one I don't like is the Elevote Note. I think Elevote is just way better than Note. But one one of six does not net a win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for... Typically. I, I'm guessing the COVID thing kind of threw a wrench in getting Lulzish over here. Lulzish is not going to be playing this season. Yeah. Um, mostly because COVID... Yeah. Uh, pass not passport visa issues. issues. Yeah. Then combined with the fact that there's no way they're letting someone from Europe fly over to U.S. on a non-essential flight. So yeah, yeah, true that. That's really unfortunate for the justice this year too, because the tank uh tank line looked pretty nice. Um, Sunday 4 a.m. My second boys, the Chengdu Hunters, going up against the Titans. And I can't see them beating oh, the Titans no. either. <laughs> just like the, just oh. like the Charge, I don't think they can beat the Titans. Yep, uh, that's like simply enough. The the Titans are just the better team on all aspects of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think Fissure is going to toy with Ameng. I do not think that if they go head to head on Ryan's, like there's there's just no way Ameng ever has a shot mm-hmm. against Fissure. So, Vancouver, this is probably going to be an easy 3-0. Mm-hmm. I can see the Hunters cheek out a win somehow Some on, like, track. 2 CP. <laughs> right. Like, they're like, all right, we're going to go, like, Pharmacy, Gong, Genji, uh, but we don't have Nanoblade because no Ana. Uh, so, we're, so we're going to bring do... Echo in there and yeah, then so we're, maybe we're gonna... Junker Queen. It's, honestly, it's the, it's the safest strat for them to play. <laughs> God damn it, I love that team. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. Um, the uh, next and uh, last Chinese game um, is the Shanghai Dragons versus the Charge. Um, another one where I feel like the Dragons probably have this a little bit more on lock. Maybe maybe like a week ago, I'd probably say it could go up in the air just because of the, the, the semi-slow start the Dragons had. But the way they've been looking lately, I can't see them dropping a game against the Charge. I can see the charge winning one. I can yeah. see this going three one. Yeah, but no, I agree. I think Shanghai takes this one. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not gonna. I, I could definitely see three one, but that's like max if the charge wins. Definitely. Um, starting the NA games, uh, Houston Outlaws versus the Toronto Defiant. This actually should be a fun one to watch. 
Um, I picked the Defiant over the Houston Outlaws, though. Uh, I'm tanking because I'm looking at these teams again, mm-hmm. right? And I, I just don't trust Toronto. Yeah. So they beat the Justice. They beat Boston. And, like, those are not two very impressive wins. No. I still think Beast is a little bit of a liability in the front line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's slowly gaining a little bit more confidence playing Ryan, and that's going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. But I I think Houston has the shot to beat the, to the Defiant here. I'm going to go with Houston. Houston there? Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see this being a 3-2. I, I feel like this is going to be a close game. Um, the next game is the next two games are going Oof. to be. I just looked. Oh my fire! Um, so the Philadelphia Fusion um, finally get to face off against the Rain. These are these are like two favorites in the East, um, and high on people's power rankings. Um, I am very afraid of this game, just like I was when the Fusion played the NYXL. Um, and when that happened, I picked the NYXL and the Fusion came up on top. So I'm going to stick with the Fusion this time and not make the same mistake. Um, this game's definitely going 3-2. If it goes anything other than 3-2, I would be shocked. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I have the Fusion winning this, though. I'm going to say the Fusion take this one. Yeah. I think the Fusion are just better just a little bit i, w- I want to like i know we're on audio i want i want people to know like how tiny this this little bit is because <laughs> that's, that's that's all it takes it's all it takes to go three two one way or the other it's just that little extra mm-hmm. and i think the fusion can um can find a way to find mm-hmm. it honestly i'm getting the chance to interview funny astro this week uh for the game house and um, I'm very excited to see what he says because one of the questions I wanted to ask him was about the games this weekend because um, the games this weekend are are looking pretty tough with the Eternal and the Rain, so I'm kind of excited to see you know what they're doing to maybe prep for these a little harder games, see what their mindset is because this is going to be a pretty spicy weekend for them. Um, and the last game is another pretty good game. Uh, the San Francisco Shock up against the LA Gladiators. This whole, these past two games, I honestly think feel like a semifinals kind of situation. These are future playoff matchups right here. Definitely. And I think, you know, I I see you who you have, Shaq, so I'm just going to be a jerk again. I'm going to go with the Glads (laughs) here. Yeah. I I think the Glads are just looking so good, and I think the Shock are looking vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Glads can really find that weak spot and exploit it. Yeah, the Shock have shown that they can fall. Um, So They're human. Yeah, they're They're, definitely They can bleed. Yeah, yeah. And the Gladiators have been looking really good. So I, I definitely see that. Um... I kind of feel like with their with their win last week, it's kind of like them saying, "All right, guys, we're back." You know, sit as Carpet would say. <laughs> um, so I have the shock there, but I could see this going either way. I could also see this going the distance. This is going to be a fun game to watch, definitely. Oh, there's no again, much like the the match before there's absolutely no way this is not going the distance mm-hmm. honestly i i feel like sunday is the best day for matches uh 
just even even with the even with the Houston Outlaws defiant, like yes, they're both near the bottom, but the thing is they're both near the bottom, so it's probably going to be a competitive game. And then you got four teams that play after them that are all near the top. So I feel like it's going to be a competitive day of Overwatch. It should be a lot of fun. Make sure to tune in. Yes. Because I don't think you want to miss this one. Uh-uh. It should be overall a pretty pretty fun uh, weekend of Overwatch. It's also nice again to see the Vancouver Titans back in action. So we'll see how they fare against uh, the Chinese Overwatch team. This is also... I'm not sure if the Titans have been kind of taking a little bit more of the NA meta or not, or what meta they've been adjusting to. Um, but, I mean, the Chinese teams have been running things so off the wall compared to everybody else. So you might see those worlds collide this weekend. That would be really awesome. Oh, man, if we see Haxel Genji, no one's no one's safe. Not even the viewer. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be a, a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. Should be, uh, it should be interesting to say. Anyway, got any other thoughts? No, no, not this week. Uh, I think news-wise, we had some Overwatch League news with the Mufin release, but other than that, I feel like it's been pretty slow. I, I guess we can talk about all the Tier 2 players leaving for Valorant. Oh, There really yeah. isn't much to discuss other than just like, okay. It, it sucks to see people kind of give up on something they've worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. Uh, to jump ship onto another game that hasn't even been released yet. Yeah. Um, while the the thought process is sound, Riot has done an incredible job building their esports scene. Yes. But that scene's not going to be out till like. So the game's going to be released in summer of twenty twenty. So pr- say say it's July is the release date, June or July. That esports scene is not going to be open till at least like January of next oh, year. Yeah. It's like Overwatch so, League. It's just like, yeah, we're going to do Overwatch League, but it took like a year and a half-ish to even get that established and up and running. Yeah, it, and plus, we like legitimately, the timeline is so skewed because we have no idea when this COVID nonsense is going to end, right? Like, yeah. So if Riot wanted to have stadiums to the people to watch them play Valorant, that's not going to happen mm-hmm. quite yet. So... It's very interesting. It's going to be super uh, worth keeping an eye on, especially for some of the standouts that were in Tier 2. Uh, like, I know Fisher, he's, he's like going to swap over to Valorant. I know Carter from Third Impact is probably going to swap over to Valorant. So it's going to be a, a strange transition for us, the viewer, to see so many of these names swap over. Um, on the topic of of the tier some of these tier two players kind of jumping ship um do you think that valorant is going to kill overwatch no okay i'm in the same boat as you with that so here is my take on everything and i've been kind of sitting on this for a little bit i don't think i've like tweeted anything out so hey you the listener get to hear it first so my understanding and the way i see it is that esports has now hit the uh, traditional sports threshold of rel- like um, like obscurity and relativeness of you know or rather exposure kind of like, I'll, I'll say the exposure level um, regarding different esports so when you look at traditional sports you know you got like kind of like the big four in at least in America right the NFL the MLB NHL the NBA those are the main ones that everyone watches if you looked 
at the value and the monetary gains of those sports, the NFL dwarfs the other three. (laughs) It is ridiculous. And right now, that's kind of where league is, I would put it. Mm -hmm. I I think if you're going to look at viewership and just overall, like, production value, the money that goes into it, the things that you get out of it, how much money Riot is making, they are like the NFL right now. And Dota could be kind of like that. Um, most of their money is just, like, fan-given. So when they have TI, the international tournament, um, that prize pool is typically funded by the user because that's kind of how Valve does stuff. Mm. But it's not... It doesn't, I don't, I don't want to, like, say something incorrect and say it's not going to get the same views, but it doesn't... To me, I don't see the same press as Dota does, much like that League does. Mm-hmm. So... With that said, the way Overwatch and Valorant are most likely going to work is that Overwatch it will probably fall to, like, golf status <laughs> in traditional sports, <laughs> uh, where uh, people who watch golf are very passionate about it, or it's just Easter, and the only thing is on is the Masters, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, things like that just happen. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think Valorant is going to kill Overwatch. Mm-hmm. What I do think it, what it will do is knock it down a peg so that when, you know, we're used to seeing, say, 60,000 viewers, it's going to be more towards, like, probably 30 Mm -hmm. uh, for, like, an exciting game. And that's, from an investor standpoint, not great, but it's still, you know, there's still value there Mm -hmm. if you want to try to invest in Overwatch and if you want to still go in pro in Overwatch because... God forbid people still try to go pro in, uh, in Ultimate Frisbee, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and think of the other esports that are uh, also not as popular but still going. So if you look at um, Super Smash Melee, right? Mm. Super Smash Ultimate. Those aren't really well publicized. Even Siege. But the, but Compared to Siege, some of the other ones like League of Legends and Overwatch League. The community is in love with those games. Mm-hmm. But they just don't get that wider audience. They don't really hear about them as much. And I, and I think uh, that will slowly happen to Overwatch, given Overwatch 2 doesn't somehow revamp everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one thing I, I was a little afraid of at first. I'm like, okay, well, I better like Valorant because it's probably going to kill Overwatch. And then I kind of thought about it, and I even talked to my fiance about it. She's like, no, I will not be able to get into this game. It makes me have to... It makes me have to aim. You have to learn how to shoot. <laughs> and, and, and she's a person that likes to play Mercy and, and, and play Moira and stuff like that, where you can get away with not having to have, like, this insane aim, like freaking Kefri or, you know, Emog or Birdring or, you know, put in any pro, ex-pro content creator here. Um, so I feel like it's not going to have the appeal to to a lot of people that really enjoy Overwatch because it's kind of a different beast. I played my first games today in beta, and we're probably gonna play a few. We're gonna play a few after after the cast tonight, which we'll get into in the outro. Um, but I just got raffle stomped, and I'm just like, okay, this game is nothing like Overwatch. It has heroes and abilities. It is nothing like Overwatch, other than that. Yeah, it really can't be stated how different these games yeah. are. It's more CSGO than it is Overwatch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's kind of what uh, people were saying even before the swap. Mm. And I think kind of the gist is for mostly hit scan players 
who kind of wanted a pure FPS, because that's kind of what you're doing, right? When, when you're playing Soldier McCree and Widow, like, you want it to be a pure hit scan because it's easier, or sorry, a pure FPS because it's easier to aim, and it's, you know, you're not trying to dodge a Lucio, or you're not trying to shoot through shields, you're not trying to time May ice block and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, this, I, I, I agree. I think, I think your fiancé has it perfectly. Uh, like, Overwatch isn't going to lose the people that love playing Overwatch as much as it's going to lose the people that are, were burnt out from not really playing the game they thought they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. I don't know. Definitely. I don't want to speak for other people, but... I don't... I and end of rant. Overwatch is not dead from Valorant. <laughs> it is just you know we we just have to make room for a, a new a new member mm. of our esports family. Definitely. Yeah, I hope FlyQuest gets a team because at least I can follow FlyQuest in a game that I understand more than League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely look to see the big names grabbing esports spots, assuming they're not. Uh, location based again, yeah. Uh, much like Overwatch, I would imagine we're gonna see uh, C9, TSM, uh, probably Hundred Thieves, probably like Optic or or I don't know where Phase is right now, mm-hmm. but Phase will definitely try to do something. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, well, we shall see soon enough. Yep. And then I, I forget. What was your answer to that? Your own question. Yeah. I think it's no. Yeah, I I I yeah. think no. <laughs> There are a lot of people that are speculating that you know Overwatch is a dead game and everyone's just going to go play Valorant. There are definitely going to be a lot of people that go over and convert to play Valorant, but also it's like Overwatch is in a spot now where it's kind of like World of Warcraft, where it's like in between expansion sort of thing. Like when Overwatch Two yeah. comes out, like and, and and we're going to get a little bit of a bigger pool of some heroes coming in here, and we're going to get the push mode, and they're going to make quality of life changes. I feel like that'll rekindle the love for Overwatch. So people are going to go play Valiant, and then when Overwatch Two comes out, people are going to go play Overwatch Two, and then Valiant. It's er, Valorant. It's it's like one of those. It'll fluctuate. It's not that well, neither game is going to kill the other game. If I see any game dying here, it's Counter Strike. But that has so much of a cult following that I don't even think that's possible. Yeah, I, <laughs> sadly, there's no way Counter Strike is ever gonna, uh, you know, lose out to Valorant. Yeah. Well, you know what? For not having an over any overthoughts, that was a good overthoughts discussion. <laughs> I thought so too. Yeah. Well, there we go. And it gave me a, it gave me a chance to rant a little bit because I didn't want to keep ranting with Boston. O- overthoughts so. on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, that is gonna be it yes. for your favorite podcast, the Over of Nerds. Maradon, please tell me your socials and one more exciting new social, I believe. Yeah. Um. So you can find me at Maradon Gaming on Twitter. Um, and something that we are doing, um, after we record this today, so make sure to join up on our Discord. We always link our Discord in our description. Um, and also make sure to follow the Over, over Nerds. Um, I'll give you those in a second. Uh, but we're going to stream some Valorant, assuming I can get my account back because for some reason it was permabanned. Um, with some of the folks over at the Game House. Um, and you can find that at twitch.tv slash the uh, over nerds podcast. There we go. Um, and yeah, we're going to stream a little bit of some Valorant because your boy and your other boy Brock, we have beta keys along with some other folks that we know. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I got my uh, crap pushed in <laughs> because it's definitely not Overwatch. 
So check that out. Definitely throw it a, a throw a follow. I, I'd like to do some more live streaming stuff. We used to a long time ago when we first started Toxic and I. Uh, that was on the Overleague before we changed our name and, and did a little bit of some rebranding there. Um, but twitch.tv slash uh, the Overnerds podcast. Um, also definitely follow us on Twitter at the Overnerds and the Overnerds at gmail.com. Brock, where can we find you? Oh man, you know there's only website. There's only one website for me. It's on the Twitter man's. It's at uh, esportsbrock on Twitter, uh, where you can find me writing about the Boston Uprising, oh. Fantasy Overwatch, and a little bit of Valorant now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those articles are up on thegamehouse.com. Check the game house out, please. Um, you can find this lovely podcast on your favorite podcast platform, thanks to the Geekscape Network. Uh, find your next nerdy podcast on the Geekscape Network. That's geekscape.net. And I want to say, Mr. Maradon, our favorite, favorite. intro, is, is none other than Max Brown. Max Brown uh, is our lovely con- uh, creator of our intro. Check him out on SoundCloud. Give him a like, subscribe, follow, hit the bell icon, whatever <laughs> you do on SoundCloud to prove or rather show your love for an aspiring artist. Yes, do and that. His tag's in the description so you can look him up there. And that's, that's it. it. And we're done. You're free. You you may go about doing your day, watch some Valorant, watch some Overwatch, and you know, stay safe out there. So thank you so much for giving us a listen and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. See you guys.